Hello and welcome, everyone, to yet another edition of the Sunday Talk. I am your host, Joseph Dronick, and joining me in just a moment will be my good friend and co-host, Dylan Morris. Um, as you guys can hear, my microphone is now working. I have no idea what happened the other night. I have theories, but no, nothing concrete. And it uh, looks like Dylan just joined us. Dylan, how are you doing today, bud? On Dylan, yeah, what, what was that? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Dylan, can you hear me? Hold on one second, guys. Dylan, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. You okay, me? good. So, yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Um, when you first okay. joined, there was a little um, it went a little, it went in and out, but I could hear you just fine now. Well, when it comes to the phone, there, there is saving power and the power of having your charger plugged in on top. Apparently, that does the audio tricks on my end. Hmm. Not, not the best audio tricks, but better audio tricks than <laughs> hey, what I had otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Need to find so, a um, better updated charger as well, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel I've, I actually my charging cables are starting to go myself, so I got to get a new one soon. Actually, about two, about one or two weeks ago, I got a ten foot cord so I could stretch it all the way over to my dresser and everything, so I can sit uh -huh. my my uh, I guess you could say audio center of the room where I get the best. Thing. And, and right, five days ago or so, four, five, something like that, it, it decided they didn't want to charge my phone anymore at all. So I got a little bit upset whenever uh -huh. it's been only about a week, week and a half, and I paid twelve dollars for that one charger. Oh, dude, can you get a refund for that? Nope, no, no, no refunds after the three-day trial, more or less. Oh, I, trash! Plus, I don't have the receipt. Yeah, you kind of need that. <laughs> All right, so um, how's this week been for you, man? So yeah, that's not uh, Dylan, how? Oh, sorry. Audio. <laughs> huh? What? No, I thought you made a joke about this is how your week has been concerning audio. I don't think I heard you right. That, that, that's what I said. That's that's how my my week has been concerning my audio and everything. Oh, <laughs> I've learned that the, that that being being put on being. Being having my phone on, on a charger gives me all, all the uh, audio tricks that, that I really need, at, at least at the bare basic life or death level, anyway. And yet, the, 
uh, after only a week of ha having a 10 foot cord, that 10 foot cord gives up on me. Hey, you know what? 10 foot cords of nylon, nylon and whatever else goes in them will give out, but the word of our God will last forever. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> Just like the grass and the flowers. But uh, so what's been on your mind this week? What's been, what have you been, you know, let me first off, let's keep, kick this off with traditional Sunday talk conversation. Uh, how was your church sermon today? There we go. Starting with the audio issues. What, did, what was the question? How was your church sermon today? It was decent. Not the best, but definitely. Like, uh, we, we were talking about like, uh, how certain laws apply to us today, but because of the, how this and better technology, better hygiene practices, and other laws uh, do not apply to us today. One of the first ones that come to my mind is, for example, how 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 a woman once being on a cycle once a month has 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 to be pretty much believe that she's because she she is doesn't apply to us today because we have much better hygiene practices than what we did in, in the past. But so, right. uh, other other things such as uh and other laws such as like offering the uh, offerings that we did at that time, all those offerings were paid in full by Christ Himself because those offerings were pretty much our uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you say debt to be paid and everything. Christ paid that debt, so we don't we no longer have to perform those offerings. But as far as like the, the most basic of the laws, such as the Ten Commandments. Those are still in full effect, and and even today we struggle to, to keep those commandments because, as Jesus taught in him, himself, uh, "Thou shalt not murder." Sure, we're not going into the streets and, and murdering anybody, but if, even if we just look look at towards them with anger towards them and everything else of that nature, we are already committing the murder with it. Right. That are actually way more detailed than we originally thought they were. Exactly. And imagine what it was like being a Jew in the time of Christ when you find out like, okay, you've strived to keep these commandments your whole life, only to find out you've, you've already you've broken them a million times in your heart and in your head. Yeah. Half <laughs> the time I can't help but wonder where would, I, where would I fall if I had been raised under the Jewish customs and all of a sudden this man claiming to be the son of God came, came along. I wonder if I would be the same man as I am as we speak today, just coming from believing that he is the son of God, or would I have joined in with the rest of the crowd and said, sure, you are, if you are, let's say, see you save yourself and come down from that cross. In that case, because, but I guess there's a time, time and reason why I was placed on this earth as we speak today and not 2000 years ago. Right, and also me and you having the natures that we do, where we're very, where we question things. We're very, we're inquisitive. Would we question Jesus? But then also we have yeah. to look that um, people went up to Jesus and who were question, who had questions, who did doubt, but he, the ones that believed, yeah, he always showed a great deal of compassion for, 
And he, I'm not saying he didn't weep for those that left. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, what were we gonna say, Dylan? Right, right along there with the disciples, and and that and that. Uh, I mean, no, no, obviously, I've seen, I've never seen any other any other so-called man perform mir- miracles that could only come from God Himself. So there's room for for doubt that I would be just among one of one of His followers myself because because I've never seen miracles of that nature. And if On Dylan, your audio clipped out again. What did you hear me last day? Um, that you would be one of his disciples, and then it cut out right after that. Wait, what? You were mentioning about being like the disciples, and then it cut out almost instantaneously. You pre- pretty because because I would. Have- if I had lived during that time, I would have also seen all, all the miracles that Christ performed and those who followed mm-hmm. Christ had also performed. And I just don't think that I, I could ever power within somebody. Very true, man. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, you know how I've been doing those things, those classes through Ligonier Connect? Doing the what? On the... Um, those like online classes I've been taking through my school, it's called a uh, Ligonier Connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, last mm-hmm. night was the final course. Or, or as I pronounce it, like, and it, <laughs> either way, go ahead. It's pronounced Ligonier, dude. It's named after the city in Pennsylvania <laughs> where RC hailed from. He is rolling in his grave now. <laughs> but it's not my fault. He, was, he was probably the, fir- the first role to, to, to be remote controlled or at least that's why I think RC scrolls, uh, RC stands for <laughs> <laughs> oh dude you made, oh, dude I laughed so hard my dog started barking but um <laughs> oh man that's the stupidest thing I've heard all day but I love it in reality in, in, in... <laughs> in reality, R- I already know RC stands for Robert Charles. So you don't have to yeah. know that when I was being a smart Alec. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I actually hey, he, needed he might have been laugh the first today. Mark of the Beast on that on that, on that case. He might have been fir- the first to be uh, because my, controlled. They would be remote controlled. <laughs> Hopefully we're not quite there yet, man. Because if he got it, we're all we all got it, <laughs> and then we're all RC. Yeah. Um. So like I was saying, we had to watch these lectures and answer answer questions on them. And this series of the holiness of God was, I want to say, from the 1980s. And here they had this sermon where he was, and he brought up the notion of the the, the story when the apostles are out on the um. On the de- on the Dead Sea, I think it's called. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're on the boat. They've been there all night. And Jesus is sound Are you asleep. Sure it's the sea of Galilee? Sea of Galilee. Yes. Why did I say Dead Sea? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm still learning. <laughs> yes, Landon. Yeah, it is. I don't. I have ideas how on why it stopped working the other day. I'm not quite sure, but um, I think I have good ideas on what to avoid. 
I, I, I think I already know what, what it was. I think it was the power of God muting you so that way I, I, so that way I, I, could, I could boost myself up in, in, as far as the closing and everything. That's very myself true, man. <laughs> yeah. <Hello. laughs> gave, you, gave you a little divine confidence boost, huh? Yeah, I guess you could say but, that. Um, but ultimately, I don't think that was what it was. It could have been. Yeah. Or at least... True, true. So I was watching these, um, and you have to. When what I'm gonna say is, if it if it's not automatically understood, you have to understand this was the sixth, the sixth and final part of a six part series. So where so he was mentioning how the apostles were just on this boat all night, and the storm that came on was tremendous. And Jesus was sound asleep. And they woke him up because it's the first thing in human nature is to go to your authority. Like, Dylan, you know, when you're at work and something goes wrong, what do you do? You talk to your boss. And they're like, Rabbi, help us. It, and, you know, Jesus. True, to the person myself. true, but, true. Yeah, but in circumstances that are big, not so much on, like, the personal level. So they, okay, so yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. in. Straight to my boss. And he says, peace be still. And it's like that. The storm's gone. And you think, at least you would think right away, that their reaction would be, oh, yes, thank you. Hallelujah, the storm's done. We knew you can do it. No, their fear <laughs> intensified. They became more afraid after the clear and present danger was removed. And then he also mentioned earlier in the lecture how I, I'm quoting this, but I do not agree with this. As you know, I am a born-again believer of how Sigmund Freud's famous claim was that man created God to sort of personalize the cataclysmic events, the hurricane, the tornado, the drought, the pestilence. Mm -hmm. Or as the, basically to personalize. The masses is what, what religion is all about. Well, I don't. Well, I don't know if that's Freud's perspective, but this was definitely. Well, I'm, but the, I'm, I'm just I'm, saying, I'm saying with his direct quote of non-Christians in general. True, that's all true. I'm saying it's perspective of non-Christians in general. But continue yeah. with your point. So, so here we have people acknowledging the fact that they're in a storm that's way bigger than they are. And they just witnessed someone have control over arguably one of the scariest natural events they ever encountered. <clears throat> and if anything, that shows us that man, more than anything else, more than any other cataclysmic event, is afraid in the presence and power of the holy. that make sense mm -hmm. yeah and it's kind of cool and he mentioned and this is really true if you think about this whenever you <coughs> meet someone for the first time or when you're just even getting to know someone because keep in mind this was pretty early in christ's ministry there you, you watch the little things they do and you sort of compartmentalize things and you try to get a picture of who they are, and everyone does this, and it's not inherently a bad thing, but you kind of assess from the way they carry themselves, how they speak, what kind of person they are. 
And now you're in a spot where you have no category to put this guy in. Like, you kind of, you really makes you question how you would react in their shoes. And it's funny you brought that up, like you being an apostle back in the day, of course. Yeah, definitely not an apostle of today's time. Maybe the site. Yeah. Yeah, the apostles are, are finished. But don't the Mormons have apostleships? Uh, we're talking about a uh, biblical and true Christianity today, man. Um, the Mormons, we could get into that, but exactly, yeah. we know that if we tackle yank your chain a little bit, yeah. But let's face it, if we we will talk about Mormonism and stuff like that, but we do want to go at that from yeah. when we have when we're prepared. Yeah. But yeah, and then um, and I just want to further in the in the process to get that one down. Actually, how is that? How's that? Longer. How's your notes for that coming? Right. How's your notes coming for that anyway, man? I'm I'm about halfway halfway done. I'm about halfway done right now. I'm I'm actually re researching the the nitty gritty details and the sources actually back them up and trying to find those exact word-for-word -word sources, so that, so that way, for example, the Doctrine and Covenants, I can quote and everything. Like, what exactly do they say? So I'm not right, just right. Re referencing Doctrine. I'm not just referencing a general broad topic and then citing Doctrine and Covenants, this, uh, this chapter, this verse, or this section, this verse, without what exactly what it says verbatim. Because that's something else I need to get, get right. to chop chop on it with, with the Biblical Christianity YouTube videos, posting all the, all the sort the uh, Verses and, and everything to back everything up. So I'm right, I'm right. You don't, thing, but ahead of ahead of time be, before we even start thinking, even thinking about actually set the date for the Mormon episode is uh get getting a. So I'm not last last minute notice and everything. Right, right, and I gotta say, uh, Dylan, it's real. I really commend you for doing the research into a topic like that. And I just want to say, um, this is something that the Lord's been impressing on me, arguably since the podcast started. But, um, mm -hmm. and this is because it took me a while to learn about like the different cults and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it, it became a hard time. I, we don't, when we hear, how do I put this? It, we know the fact that the Mormons believe in, air quote, Jesus. Yeah. We know that the Catholics believe in, air quote, Jesus, and the same thing with the Jehovah's Witness and things like that. Yeah. It's, it doesn't take much for a new believer who isn't really well-versed in the scriptures, who, let's face it, mm -hmm. really doesn't have a basic understanding of scripture to kind of get yeah. sucked into things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, as a matter yeah, of fact, that's, that that's was one of the reasons why uh, I'm wanting to do this as a full series and not just every, every single thing that comes to my mind that, that could be identified as a cult and everything. And obviously I'm not going to go into like, for example, the the very nitty gritty about 
for example, under the Protestant branch, we have Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist. And since I'm a Baptist, I'm not going to attack Lutheran and Methodist for doing different because at least they have the very fundamentals of the very basics of the gospel down. It's not like I would right. ever step, step foot into their, their church because I would. They teach sound doctrine. It's just the yeah. traditions of the church that I do not necessarily agree with. And where I'm focusing yeah. on with, with the series is those that teach unsound doctrines, such as Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventist, Church of God, etc. Yeah, very, very true. And it's funny you mentioned um, I ventured outside my sort of uh, denominational comfort zone today. Um, as you know, I visited a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. And if I could, I be honest with you. I sure. never even so much has watched a Presbyterian sermon on YouTube, other than maybe an RC Sproul lecture. But most of them, uh, yeah, Presby's are great, LWSF. But other than me, I mean, Landon, I, I know your name. Why did I call you that? For you using name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um,. I was shocked at just how similar it really is, and the differences are very minimal. I, if I have to be honest with you guys, I'm not used to being in a, seeing a worship service that doesn't have a, a guitar and drums. And as a matter of fact, when I talked to people, I was like, you know, it's weird because I play guitar to not have a guitar there. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you talk about having that up? I was like, I'm not a very good guitar player, but... <laughs> Where have you been? Because that's the only church, the only kind of church that I've ever set foot in is those that have nothing more than piano and lyrics. That's yeah. kind of a be, but be, also, just being a all around general, general general person because well, that's the majority of churches that I stepped in, and not necessarily all of them. True, true. But, and then, um, then again, I'm Baptist, and therefore very traditional. So but that is I, also I, true. I like my Temple Baptist. So guitar and drums. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, but also what I thought was really cool, before I get to like the meat and potatoes of what the sermon was about, I've never been to a service where they had a violin player. One church service, and that was when I was ultra young. So I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it was... um. It was kind of cool, man. It added a little bit of elegance. And it's so funny. Remember how I told you I finished that sermon on the holiness of God? Not the sermon, the series on the yeah. holiness of God last night. The yeah. first hymn we sang today is um, actually one of my favorite hymns. Um, you know, it's like, holy, holy, holy. Just call it by, by its name. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. You know what? It's I, That's just the way I memorized it. And I didn't even know its name until a few months ago. <laughs> I just knew every time we sang it, that's how it started. <laughs> it's weird. Because it's something that was so like drilled into my head, but I didn't know its name. But that's just how I remember it. But uh, yeah, it was just ironic. It was like God's hand was on this for me to be there. And no, I... There are some things with um, Presbyterianism I personally do not agree with, but like I said, I will agree. I could wrap my arms around a Presbyterian brother and say, "You are my brother, you are my sister," because the stuff that we disagree with is really adiaphora. It's not important. It's not the nature of God. It's not bad. It's not the Trinity. It's not justification through faith and faith alone. It's not where it counts. If anything. We agree on the burger. We disagree on the fries. <laughs> I like waffle fries. I like 
I like waffle fries. They like crinkle cut. Yeah, I like I like both. As long as it's salty, good enough thing. Have at it. <laughs> and you call yourself a Baptist? It sounds like you're confused on your identity, man. You having an existential crisis no. on the mic? <laughs> nope. I just know what I said on my food. Because McDonald's has the best fries, but Chick-fil-A makes everything good. Uh, dude, McDonald's does not have the best fries, but we're not going to get it on that here. To me, they do. Uh, you you need to reevaluate your taste buds. Well, I'll say it's come at me. <laughs> Guys, let's let's pray for Dylan that the Lord gives him new I, taste buds. Because I, because I eat. <laughs> hey, I, 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 uh, I, I already think I have new taste buds because at, at least that's nowhere near near what I used to battle with. I used to battle with do I like pineapple pineapple on pizza? Oh, dude, pineapple on pizza is bomb. And now I know it's disgusting. I, dude, it's amazing. You need to have your test and taste buds to be evaluated. Oh, oh, they've, they, oh, they've been evaluated and they have passed, brother. Yours, on the other hand, I'm not too sure about. I think you need to take it up the taste bud police. Well, if, if, seriously, if having an McDonald's F in your class is passing to you, then I guess I guess you sure have passed. <laughs> okay, we should probably bring <laughs> this back. I, you know, I just has poor Landon's like, probably like yeah. I came here to hear the word of God and. Here you guys are talking about food. That's a horrible Landon impression. But Landon, I just want to say, if I do an impression of you, that means I like you. <laughs> LOL, I'm just... Yeah, he does it all the time just... with me, so... Yeah. So he, he always does horrible impersonations of me, so if, if, that, if that's what it's supposed to take to, to know that he likes you, then I'm kind of, kind of scared to know my his relationship. <laughs> right. But Dylan... Because that, that, because that like is more like a love. <laughs> No, no, I impersonate. No, I impersonate <laughs> all of our friends. It's just yours comes easier to me. It's like I can't really get your tone right, but I can get your speech pattern right. And <laughs> it's so weird. Remember the day we were on the group call, and I've convinced someone. I talked as you for like ten minutes, and I was having a full conversation with someone as you, yeah. and they were so none the wiser. Going go to the, uh, the uh, psychological portion of that, you, you say that if you impersonate someone, that just means that you that you like that you like them. So as often as you try to impersonate Joel Osteen, you must love him. Then no, no, I love to no, no, I I love him because you know love your enemies. I just hate his doctrine. All right, bring it back. So <clears throat> it's so funny that um they're going the church I visited today is going ironically the church that I primarily attend and the church I visited today are both going through the book of Mark. And I'm reading the book of Mark in my spare time so it's like I can't escape the book of Mark. And we were talking about Mark chapter 7. I'm actually going to open with it open to it in my Bible. Verses 14 through 23, dealing with the heart of man mm. and how basically addressing the old covenant, how it was like, oh, you couldn't eat certain foods, you couldn't eat certain foods. And then Jesus said, well, it's nothing that goes into a man that will defile him because, you know, it goes in, it goes out. But it's what comes out of the man that that defiles him. 
For then it says in verse 21, For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, fornication, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as de deceit and sensuality, envy, slander, pride and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. So it's one, and then he also made it, said this, and it's really true. The real pandemic and it's arguably the worst pandemic in history, not to de devalue or to, or to undermine the coronavirus. The coronavirus is a very serious pandemic, but sin is the ultimate pandemic and washing your hands and wearing a mask can't protect you from it because your heart craves it. Your heart thirsts for it, but it will kill you. It's so weird. It's almost like a junkie relationship. Now, he didn't make that analogy, but I'm making it. I'm going to make it the same way a junkie. Everyone knows. Huh? What'd you say? It, it could be the same. Well, I was going to make another analogy myself. I was going to use the, uh, the trait of alcoholism. You create, Some people have that, that uh, craving for alcohol, but ultimately over... If you inhale it enough and don't let don't exhale it enough, if anything, I guess you say get getting rid of it faster than you you intake of it. If you intake of it faster than you you get rid of it, then ultimately you're you're fate you're allowing yourself to die of alcohol poisoning in the end. Yeah, even it's true, and that, it's even though an alcoholic does have that craving for it. Yeah. And it's really so true because everyone knows it's bad. Everyone now, there's no one on this planet that will say that meth, for example, is good. That'll say opiates are good. That'll say um, cocaine is good. But yet, there are people that addicted well, yeah, are addicted society, to it. I, I can't can't really say that. That's nobody's one. That nobody would say that because there are some crazy people out there. That is very true, but. But I was just trying to say, like, it's a general idea that this stuff is bad for you and can kill you. And people still crave it. People do horrible things for it. Like, people leave their families. They leave their jobs. They leave everything just to get one more fix. And it's the same way that the heart, that the, that the man craves a sinful habits to have that has these sinful desires for these things the same way like you know red-blooded young men i'm sorry but they they deal with lust for instance we lust is something that every red-blooded man faces i'm sorry it everybody does but what yet if, we know like this huh what if you have white blood because mine is a mixture of red and white but what happens when it's exposed yeah, to oxygen? There there. <laughs> True point. <laughs> I was just trying to trap you and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Or change. I know, right? I'm, getting, I'm wising <laughs> up finally. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it's weird. And it's like when we become saved... And then we see, I forgot what book it is, where the heart of stone becomes the heart of flesh. Which, uh, what, what, what book of the Bible is that in again? 
I know where it is. I know it's in the epistles. I'll find it in just a second. All right, Landon believes it's in Corinthians. I, yeah, I want to say Corinthians, but then there's a weird part of me that wants to say Hebrews. But I'm not going to... I don't know for sure. So then we have the regenerate heart that does crave for the things of God. But yet, let's face it, we don't... I don't think we ever really ditch having sinful desires because we are fallen people at the end of the day in a fallen world. But if anything, that just teaches us, and this is a little off topic in the sermon. He kept it. Second Corinthians four. Thank you, Landon. And he didn't go into this in the sermon. This is a lot of yeah, me. The first, just... the first one I, I, I came across my, my mind was uh, Ezekiel 36. Is that of the Corinthians? Ezekiel's not an epistle. I know it's not in the pistol. That's why I'm kind of confused as to why my mind went to that first. Because I haven't even read the book of Ezekiel, much, much less studied it in depth. Yeah, I haven't. I, I read through it once. That's but, one of the books I need to read. Yeah, I, was, I read through it once when I first became a Christian, but it wasn't in an in-depth study. It was more like that obligatory first year read through the Bible cover to cover. Yeah. But, um... So since, but yeah. since, I'm, since that's the first place that comes to my mind, I'm gonna, I want to look for myself and see why it's the first one that came to my mind. All right, man. Because now, but now yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> but yeah, that was what the uh, crux of my uh, of the church I visited today sermon was about. Oh wait, oh it's chapter three, <laughs> not four. And, okay. And, uh, and uh, on top of that, uh, I I just I just figured out which verse Ezekiel. Thir- 36 verses 26 it says and i will give you a new heart and i'll put a new spirit in you i will take out your stony stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart so that's just a pro so that's just that's 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 nlt right so that's the old testament prediction of the new testament covenant Mm -hmm. man don't you love how the Bible is just so interconnected between Old and New Testament, and it has so many different authors. Yeah. I think wasn't there like a hundred? How many authors are there of the Bible? I'm really not. I, I want to sure say there's like 44. Yeah, that's that's probably about right. But and over thousands of years, and yet mm-hmm. it's perfectly connected. There's no contradictions. It's almost like Paul. No, wait, John who wrote. It's almost like Moses, who wrote the first book of the Bible, knew what John was going to write in the last book of the Bible. Paul quotes from Ezekiel there. Yes, that's very, yes. And tell you the truth, um, when I first became a Christian, I didn't know that. Tell you the truth, I thought Jesus just kind of came out of vacuum. And when I was an atheist, I'd be like, and every one of these Jews just follows this Jesus guy? (laughs) And then I found out that that really wasn't the case. And as a matter of fact, there are so many, so many. You could make a whole sermon about Jesus and tell you everything about him and not reference a single line from the New Testament. As a matter of fact, uh, Jeff Durbin, when he was uh, 
uh, what's it called? A hospital chaplain, particularly for addiction services. Not addiction services, addictive. Uh, he was working in a rehab facility, I believe. And this Jewish lady came in and was like, well, why should I believe you're Jesus? And he goes to her and says, well, both me and you agree on the Old Testament, right? And she, they agreed. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to tell you about Jesus, but I'm going to do something for you. I'm only going to reference the Old Testament. And if I remember correctly, that lady actually left their believer in Christ. If, if, if that's a video on YouTube, then I, I think you need to send that one to me so I can watch it for myself because that sounds... Yeah, I found it. It's it's from a while ago. So um, I got to look for it, but I'll see if I can find it. Today's and, time, the, 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 core, the core meat of the gospel has not changed. So if it's from 50 years ago, then go ahead and send it to me. When did you find it? Can, no, no, I just meant I got to like comb through because he has a lot of material out there. So I got to like comb through X amount of material. <laughs> Hold on. And yes, uh, Jeff Durbin also does preach that Christ's return in uh, 70 AD. He did. He is you. He is one of the people that's on that side of the camp. And uh, I got to say, um, Jeff Durbin is one of my favorite, favorite preachers today. I think that we need to be, he has more veracity for the gospel because he really goes to where the gospel is not welcomed. And proclaims it like uh dylan i've sent you how many videos of him at mormon temples we did the exact number i think like four yeah that's but just I, scratching that's still, the surface that's still more than what i ever knew yeah yeah of course the truth resonates the gospel is not complete without christ's return amen so so yeah, that's that's really cool to hear. Oh man, what else? So just a little side note, where are you in the Bible this week, man? I'm actually a little bit of everywhere right now because uh, for, uh, I've been doing a little bit of, of Isaiah but haven't really gotten around to studying it and, and that's like, ended up having a little bit of things on my mind from from this past week and well just where this country is headed as a whole and uh decided to read read back into the crucifixion and resurrection of stuck out to me unlike what it has before like it it's always stuck out to me just not to this level and everything but uh where G, where jesus christ himself says it is finished of uh, pretty much right. that's it we have no more debt we have no no more that heavy bearing stone and chains bearing weighing us down because Christ has paid paid it all. First, it is finished. Yeah. Oh, James. James is on. James, how are how you doing, buddy? But yeah, Dylan, I think that's something that a lot of Christians don't realize. I think we still have a we have a whole generation of Christians not understanding that it is finished. Justification, the atonement, it has been done. I don't, and uh, like, 
and that's actually somewhere this. that uh not to get back not to get back on on that the other subject but uh that's actually somewhere where the mormons have it, have it wrong once again is because they don't believe that christ christ's uh crucifixion and resurrection brought brought about full atonement it only brought partial atonement and the way you get full atonement is by becoming a, a believer in in mormonism by mormon baptism mormon marriage within the temple itself the mormon mormon sacraments that's someone to be have the dead things things of that nature that, that are particularly uh, popular within the mormon church and doing wow. those things is, is what brings you about full atonement but once again hate to bring bring that up but uh <laughs> full atonement is only only offered by christ's re, re, crucifixion and resurrection there is not one one single work that you can do that that's going to earn, earn your full atonement right exactly there's nothing yeah you know there's something it's funny you brought that up for the mormons now you you know i grew up catholic well i I didn't grow up Mm -hmm. strictly catholic but there's a lot of the catholic doctrine and teachings hold on uh, james is gonna call in all right james i'll uh, add you in but i'm and then i'm gonna finish up my point all right james you're on how you doing man yeah, I'm doing good, sir. Thank you very much for adding. Anytime, brother. How's ever how's everything by you th- this week? Yeah, everything is great. Um, we just uh, returned from evening prayer section, and I thought it's late for me to join, so I hurried up a bit to come and join. So I oh no. Oh, it's not too late, brother. As a matter of fact, uh, we had to start a, li- a little later today just because, just because like personal reasons. Like some things we thought would be finished earlier wasn't finished as early as we thought it would be. <laughs> and um, I also just want to add in Thursday. <laughs> I was I wasn't trying to say anything, man. I wasn't trying to say anything. You brought that back to yourself, but um, I, know, I also want to add. I did unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. I also just want to add in uh, Thursday's show <clears throat> is going to be pushed a little later. It's not going to be at six or seven this week. It's going to be at eight o'clock Eastern time, just because it's really hard for me to do the show right after I get out of work. Like I kid you not that that day I floored it for work. I it's a miracle. I didn't get pulled over or hit somebody just because I was like, I have to make it home. I have to make it home. I have to make it home for the podcast. And I made it, but I was like destroyed. So um, I'm pushing it to a little later because I know no matter what, I'll be home at least for a little while and be able to pray and recoup and get my mind focused for the show. So um, that's... Hey, 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 Joe, just a little reminder. I, I am also a co-host, so you can give the, the, a little, at least a little bit of that burden to me as well. That is all. That is also true, but um, but see, the thing is, I was still at work, and I didn't have a means to contact you and let you know. Things just ran later than I thought they'd be, because I couldn't uh, look at my phone. Know. Yeah. I so, yeah. So, but no matter what, I I'm not going to be in that building later than seven. So even if I and it's I live only a few minutes away. So even if get home at like 7 30 that's more than enough time for me to recoup maybe have a little something to eat before doing the show oh okay okay that'll be good 
Yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know in advance. And it, it could be back to normal next week. I don't know how my work schedule is going to change. If it is, there will be an announcement of some kind. But just, I just want to let you guys know in advance. So how was your uh, evening prayer? I believe you called yeah. it. it. It was good. It was good. Um, um, today, it, it, it was like street evangelism, something like that. Um, oh, so nice. We have our brother, uh, one of our brothers, he led us to some moment of worship. And one of our um, elders um, took over from there and gave a short word about Christ, then we prayed. I think that was all that happened today. We didn't even spend much time over there because today's activity was fully packed in the morning. Because of the lockdown, we, we are having one hour for each section, main church service. So we have first section and second section, of which I'm part of the um, church executive, like the youth secretary. So I was there for the first section and second section also in order to take attendance of the youth and other things. So I was there throughout all the service. And after that, a little uh, checkup on those that are in the house not feeling well. I came back home to rest a bit and got church in the evening again. So everybody was exhausted, so we didn't spend much time out there. Yeah. But God willingness with that, I think everything will be normal. Man, um, I'm sorry, did you also say that your mother is sick? No, a member. One of the oh, members. a member is sick. A church member. Yeah. Okay, well, um, do you have the church member's name? Let me check the book inside. Um, her name is Mrs. Awful. Yeah, Awful. Yes. Mrs. Awful? Yes, yes. All right, uh, do you want to lift her? Can we lift her up right now? Okay, sir. All right. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the Lord's Day, Father. We thank you that in the midst of nation worldwide pandemics and oceans for some of us that we can still fellowship in your name father we thank you that this podcast is able to reach the the east and west father and father i want to thank you for my my brothers dylan landon and james father and the blessings that they are and father i just want to lift up mrs awful father i don't I don't know this woman. I don't know what's wrong with her, but you do, Father. I just ask that you provide a, that you are there for her, that you strengthen her, that you comfort her. We, of course, we pray for a healing of some kind, <clears throat> whether that be supernatural, she has to endure something, or that the doctors have to give her a certain medicine. We know you are capable, and we know that you are, that you are willing. But, Father, we just ask that you be with this woman, and, and if she has to endure 
just strengthen her and let her know that she is loved by you, that she's loved by your the body of Christ, that she has brothers and sisters in the Lord that will watch over her and take care of her however they can, as best they can. And Father, we thank you for the body of Christ, period, and the blessing that it is to know that in this road and on this walk, when we're carrying our cross, we don't have to do it alone. That we have people around us that can relate to our burdens that know our pain. And we also thank you that we have a high priest who cannot, who can sympathize with us, who knows what it's like to be tempted though without sin. Oh, Father, we cannot thank you enough. We love and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. God bless you. No problem, brother. Um, do you mind if hey, I uh, just, just finish just a point? You know. Yes. Yes. Just, just let you know real quick before you get back to, to your points and everything. During the prayer, mm-hmm. especially, you were getting a little bit back to, to rapping a, a little bit. So still need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what's funny, like I have a hoodie on my chair around me. So, I, so next time I'm just going to, when I do a podcast, I'm going to put the hoodie on, just do the whole thing with my hood on. So then I'll really start rapping. But um, not exactly the way I expected that to be taken. But why did I not see that coming at the same time? Because <laughs> why not? But um, so like I said, I grew up Catholic, and there is a lot of things in there that I don't agree with. And Dylan, you know me; I think that Rome's gospel is unsaving, and I do believe that people are saved in the Catholic Church. But I do, but I believe they are saved despite of the Catholic Church, not because of the Catholic Church. And that's a whole issue I'm not willing to get into right now, but I've actually met Catholics who don't agree with the traditions for some strange reason attend the church. I don't fully understand it, but, and it's so weird, like you see the Holy Spirit in them, but yet you go to the masses and you see this and it's dead. But they don't teach security in faith. It's always like it's faith alone plus, it's grace plus. And there's this beautiful example in the film American Gospel, Christ Alone, which is on Netflix right now. I've plugged that movie so much, but I highly recommend everyone here watches it, where they have this little diagram where you're justified at first at baptism, at infant baptism. And then you could have the menial sins that you're no longer justified, but you're still good. And if you die, you go to purgatory. And then if you commit a mortal sin, you're just the lowest of the low. And to be atoned for this, you have to have things of penance. So that's like, you have to have X amount of sacraments. That's communion, confirmation and all that. And you got to say like, go to confession, you got to confess it. And you got to say like, however, Hail Mary's and our fathers, the priest tells you to, which tell you the truth, I don't fully understand where they get that the number from because there are some people, they walk out of there, it's like, oh, I only have to say like five. And then someone has to say, then the other guy has to say like 15 for saying the exact same things I did. And it's not a saving gospel. There's no security in it. It doesn't emphasize grace, and it portrays the cross as insufficient. 
And I just tell everyone, if there is a Catholic listening to this, Christ isn't some faraway deity that you have to appease. Just believe in him and all your sins, past, present, and future will be forgiven. And not just forgiven, they'll be like they never existed. As far as the East is from the West, that's how far they will be cast. He will no longer look at you and see you. He will only see Jesus. If I, if there's, seriously, if there's any Catholics right now, please heed this, listen to this, and consider it. Please, I beg of you, consider it. You, this, isn't, this isn't a matter of good life versus bad life. This isn't even a matter of life and death. It's a matter of damned versus saved. Please heed this. Um, I, I have, sorry, I have something also that I've been thinking about. I, I have a friend um, who is a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I mostly mean I don't like comparing my faith or like my church to other church. But um, he was saying something of which uh, I didn't really believe. So I heard it from another person that um, I think a day before um, communion service or something like that, you have to go and talk to the priest or the one leading uh, that all the sins that you've committed, everything that you've done, you have to go and tell him. I did this, I did that, I did. before he himself will decide whether your sins will be forgiven or not, or if there is a punishment or something that you have to give to him before. If you are unable to go to him and confess all these things to him, you can't have um, a right-hand fellowship or a communion. You can't have communion service that very Sunday when you come to church. <coughs> yeah. So uh, you being ahead and you know much about it, I just want to inquire with such situation, how is it, <coughs> let me say, those that are, is it biblical and is it uh, well encouraging for you to go meet let's say, a man of God and tell him all your sins, what you've committed for him to forgive you before maybe you can have access or you can come closer to God. I personally do not believe that that is essential. When we are told to to confess our sins to one another, but that's by no means to have our sins forgiven. That's, uh, that's basically to come alongside to pray for someone in the help of a struggle, which every Christian faces. Every Christian who is a born-again believer struggles with a sin of some kind. That's so when, Paul, when we're told that, we're not told, oh, confess this to have your sins forgiven. Like I said, it's just more like, okay, we're going to confess it to me so that way you're held accountable and you don't have any little secrets in the dark. And, may, and we can, I could come alongside you to help you beat this. And have victory in Christ. We already have victory, but I just meant maybe this is a struggle that can be overcame. Maybe it's a struggle you're going to have for life, but you're not going to even have the tiniest of victories without that. And now, um, 
so what the Roman Roman Catholics do is they have you go to the priest, you confess your sins, and they say, do these and you're forgiven. That's not biblical in the slightest. It doesn't address the matter of the heart because there are two extremes when it comes to Catholics. There's the people that never feel like they confess enough. And then there are the people that view confession as a get out of hell free card, but don't care about anything else. So I don't believe that it's necessary to do that. And I also don't think it would bar you from taking communion. If we look at First um, Corinthians, I believe when he mentioned when Paul mentions the how you should go about taking communion, he approaches it with reverence and mentions that we should not come to the table in an unworthy manner. And one of the reasons being is if you have a problem with or a situation or an argument with your brother in Christ, and he actually encourages you to not take the communion until that issue is resolved. So no, I don't think that that's, I don't think that we have to go to a man to have our sins forgiven. We go directly to God and our sins are forgiven at the moment of repentance. And we are, let me phrase that. Our sins are forgiven at the moment we first believe. And that, and the only way anyone could be barred from communion or should be barred from communion is the reasons that Paul said in first Corinthians, namely the one I just mentioned. Oh, okay. Okay. So sorry. So with this, when it comes to, um, let's say, um, communion as a whole, like we, uh, I always hear uh, men of God or um, teachers always talk about those that takes the communion just because the word speaks about anyone who takes it and takes it in unworthy manner, this, this, this. And that, right. But the preparation of it, those that prepares the, the communion, I just want to ask, can the communion be even contaminated before it comes to uh, those who take it? That, like looking at uh, pe the people that prepares the communion, those people, how also worthy are they to prepare that communion? How is their, their right standing with God before they set that table for um, people to come and dine with the Lord? That one also, how do we say something about that one, please? Okay, so James, I just want to make sure we're on the right page here. Your question is pertaining to whether or not the Lord's Supper can be contaminated while it's being prepared before we take it in church, or is your question pertaining to when we have coming to it in an unworthy manner, meaning thus people in a pew? I'm talking about those that prepares it because we all know we've been hearing messages about we that take it in unworthy manner. So the, the word also gave a clear uh, message concerning those that prepares it 
in unworthy way. Yeah, like those people that come, I, I we know. Uh, sorry to say, it is not God that brings this um, wine and um, what do you call this uh, communion, this thing to um, the pastor. It is uh, the uh, what do you call executive or the pastor that goes out there purchase this uh, emblems and in the church they mix it and we take it so those that prepare it in the church like they said it they put it in a vessel they gather together and i mean that they pray over it or set it as a table for we to come over and take it they too how prepared how like how is their relation with God? If their relation or their their standing with God isn't right, is it going to affect the communion that they set for um, the members to come and take? Um, All right, I think I, I think I'm getting a good idea of the question you're asking. Um, in First Corinthians. 11 verses 23 through 34 that's when we have that's the main meat of the text that i'm talking about what i firmly believe is that the lord's supper is something that cannot be contaminated by anyone preparing it i.e the pastor or whoever's preparing it the pastor and the elders the pastors and the deacons when it comes to mentions of the unworthy manner, it doesn't seem to speak of those who are preparing it. It seems to speak of the ones who are receiving it. So basically, like I told you, if I was in a church and I had a problem with Dylan, that would, that would be coming to the church, to the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. And as a matter of fact, Paul himself even told us that we, in those moments, it's better to not receive it in that moment and then come to the table again until that issue is hashed out, that me and Dylan are now on good terms or the best possible terms we can be on. I don't, so therefore, I think the only way, the, I don't believe that the Lord's Supper can be contaminated in any way, but I think we can receive it in an unworthy, unknowing, just, I don't know the word I'm trying to use here. It's on the tip of my tongue and it won't come out. Hold on. When does Paul say that? Okay. okay. Um, I, I, I get it now. All right. So, um, Landon, you question where does Paul say this? And the verses that I'm mentioning in particular, right, are verses 27 through 32. And I'm going to read these out loud. I might actually go ahead in the rest of it, too. Uh, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in doing and so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks and eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak, sick, and a number asleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. 
But, but when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, this is a, through verse 33 to 34, I'm going ahead. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment. The remaining masters I will arrange when I come. So there you go, to be right before partaking. And it says to examine yourself and not to come to the table in an unworthy manner. So therefore, I th this is just what I was taught. And it's, it just makes sense in the context of that for us not to go to the table in unworthy manner. As a matter of fact, um, I've had to turn down communion a couple times. And I'm pretty sure, uh, Dylan, so have you. But that doesn't mean I sat it out forever. What would be an unworthy manner? I think, like I said, I would think a, a division in the body of Christ. I think, I think coming into the table not realizing what it's supposed to represent, kind of taking it for granted, I think um, something like that would be considered an unworthy manner. I think just, I guess you could say also just going through the motions. Um, Dilma or James, do you have anything you'd want to add on this? Pretty much you hit, you hit it on, on the head. That's pretty much what I, what I was going to say as far as the unworthy manner portion as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's exactly what... Pretty much everything that's in, in the Bible I'm still studying on because I only know the scratch the surface level. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to, to answer your question, James, I think that's the only reason... I don't think anyone should be inherently stopped from, by, from partaking in the Lord's Supper. I think you have to know when to choose, okay, I can't come to it now because it... But, I'm gonna, but I'm, that doesn't mean I'm never going to come to the table again. But I, um, in some cases, um, whereby it comes to let um, the person examine himself, um, right at that place, the person can examine himself and see, say, um, okay, um, because of this or that, because um, I'm having some kind of guilt within me, um, that is going to prevent me from taking it back. I want to pray and ask God that. I just want to take it. God, please help me. Forgive me of all this. And as I take it, may I receive strength. May I be able to stay focused on track. And I um, get closer to you and know you more. Uh, with such prayer and, um, let's say, a heart willing to, or let's say, a broken-hearted, um, can you still take it? Or once you've examine yourself and found yourself unworthy to take it, that is all. You have to skip it to the next time, please. All right. When I say um, skip it for the next time, what I think you should do over that week is, well, I don't know how often you take communion. And um, where in churches that I've attended, we take it. First Sunday of every month. First Sunday of every month. It's the same thing here. I would always say, or you know what? The unworthy manner, this is what Landon just wrote. That that unworthy manner 
someone who has not examined himself realizing he was forgiven. That is why Paul said, you do not eat and drink judge and eat judgment unto yourself. Yeah. I think, I think that's also true, but I just want to say, if you really think you're coming to that in an unworthy manner, I would really recommend over that week. I'm not saying you need to do this to be saved, but I think you really need to, whatever problem you're having, whatever reason that is, whatever reason that you're unworthy needs to be that you assessed and say you're unworthy of it. You need to really try to hash it out over that month. That's just what I would recommend, whether you're having, you are having a division in the body of Christ, whether you are not quite sure, examine yourself and realizing and not realizing you're forgiven. I'd say, no matter what, either go to the person and talk it out as best you can, or, or just like Landon said, really pray and seek God and realize that you are forgiven. Okay. And I'm actually uh, kind of curious for everyone here. I only took communion once since this uh, quarantine happened. Uh, how has has the quarantine same, same and the how has the coronavirus impacted your guys taking of communion because my the church I primarily attend before it shut back down we had to honestly it looked like uh kind of looked like you know those little fruit cups back in the day that had the little plastic <laughs> seal on top of them that we would get like every day at lunch in the cafeteria. That's what it kind of looked like. It had the yeah. communion wafer and it had the grape juice. Um, that's what we had to do. Um, well, in, in everyone in here. Case, uh, the, the last time I, I, I was able to take, partake in communion was uh, just after all this COVID stuff broke out and everything. And uh, we didn't see it coming, obviously. So it was kind of a too, too, too late. Of a, of a last minute resort to a even bother canceling awards stuff because why would you do that to begin with? So pretty much all we, all we did is we stayed at home, did everything via live stream and everything. And in our case, we didn't even have the wafer and the typical grape juice. We got whatever bread that we we could find and did it that way. So in my case, I ate a hamburger bun and and since I since I didn't have any uh clean water at the time because faucet water tastes like ugh. I didn't have any, yeah. like, Dasani or anything. So for the first time ever, since I didn't have any, anything else to drink, guess what was my go-to for, for, for serving a holy purpose? Right. It was Dr. Pepper. Oh, Not man. the best drink to have for for that. <laughs> nah. So, sometimes I wonder if, if, if uh, drinking Dr. Pepper, considering that the fact that uh, it's not exactly a clean drink and everything, kind of like how wine was back in Jesus' days, or how water yeah. is in today's society, but considering the water around here wasn't exactly clean at that time, and everything. Yeah. I, sometimes I wonder if the, if drinking the Dr Pepper for, for a the, the, a holy drink will will be an offense to God. I honestly don't know, and I'm not. I don't think so, and honestly, I'm not really willing to get into that whole topic right now. Um, Why not? You, you should be willing to, that's, to be the That's just a 
because here's here's just what I'd say, right? What the early church had was the wine. Hold on. This is what Landon wrote. Communion is a celebration of what he did on our, our behalf. Jesus' first miracle was water to wine at a wedding celebration, where two to celebrate our husband and what he did for his church. We are totally worthy because he who has shed his blood for us, examine yourself like that. Amen, Landon. That's that's really true. Um, yeah. Wow. That's. Like, I, I got no, but I. I'm a, I know I'm overthinking when it came to the Dr. Carver subject because for for one, why does it really matter what drink as long as you know the role that that drink is supposed to be playing and everything? Yeah. Just, just more or less don't abuse, don't abuse it with your own fleshly pleasures pleasures. Right. Um. Actually, I pulled up. It's on Karm.org. Which is and it's six boy. reasons as to uh, it's on karm dot org. Oh, that's one of the best sites you can get. Yeah, and this is just six interpretations. It's a whole article. I'm not I'm not reading the whole article right now, but I will later on. But um, here's the six things they have listed as the six things, the six interpretations as to what it could mean. It could be, number one, it could be that those taking the communion elements needed to be fully aware that they represent the the sacrifice of Christ by which they are redeemed from sin. Therefore, to participate in communion while not understanding this will be to take it in an unworthy manner. Two, another possibility is that taking the supper with willful, unconfessed sin would be an unworthy manner. And I just want to say these are possible interpretations. This doesn't mean I necessarily agree with them or that the writer of this article Wait, agrees with them. What, what is the name of the article real quick? Hold on. What does it, it's simple. Uh, what does it mean, mean to, to take, take communion? What does it mean to take it, communion in an unworthy manner? By Matt, Matt Slick? Yeah, by, yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to link it to the chat box to let you guys see what you guys think. That one is bad. Um, um, Landon, I'm, I'm I didn't right, right now. <laughs> uh, Landon, I didn't see what time that came in. Are you talking about number two? Yeah, I think. Num- yeah, number two, I think. Yeah, I think number two would be is awful. I think we could all agree on that. Um, yeah, he, you agreed. And to everyone, there's the uh, link in the chat box, but I'm just going to go ahead. Number three, the earlier context of 1 Corinthians 11 seemed to suggest that taking communion in an unworthy manner means to do so while you have a problem with another Christian with whom you are not reconciled. Four, another view is that some Corinthians were using the communion supper as an opportunity for self-indulgence, which is why Paul mentioned about how some got drunk in verse 21. Five, The fifth view is that both elements, bread and wine, must be taken not just one bread or wine, since Christ commanded that both be taken. This would incidentally invalidate the Roman Catholic practice of taking the wafer only. Six, the final view. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Hey, I repented of that a long time ago. (laughs) Um, Six, the final view is that the person taking communion must be worthy in order to take it. But this view, however, is dangerous because no one is worthy to take the communion supper. Our worthiness mm-hmm. comes from Christ, not ourselves. I agree with six wholeheartedly. And yes. really, if you look at the rest of the article and what's listed. Right. So number six, Landon, that's. 
Yeah, six is something that's terrible. I think it's a real dangerous interpretation because then you're never gonna be you're never gonna take communion. And if you really notice, yeah. it's not saying oh, the whole article isn't "Am I worthy to take communion?" It's what does coming to the table in an unworthy manner mean? So basically, it's like, okay, you're welcome into my house, but you could track mud all over the floor. You could put your feet up. You could put your feet on my couch. You could just wreck everything. That would be an unworthy manner, but you're still welcome into my house. So I think that's what the article is getting at. I think the first five really attend to like, okay, what would be, how do we come to this commandment from Christ in a respectful manner? So that's just what, that's just what I'm getting from those. And the first five of them, I think fall into that, regardless of what you think about it or not, it's number six. That's the really bothersome one. And um, I just want to say, I, I haven't read the full article. I'm saving the article because, well, honestly, you guys want me to waste the whole time on the show reading the article. Well, we, we were talking, talking about uh, Jesus Christ, a waste of time. No, no. I mean, like, the, as other other topics that want to be discussed, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then it says, going forward, the context of... I'm, here I am doing that anyway. It's really not that long. The context of the verses seem to begin around verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 11. Paul mentions people who are contentious and that are and that, that were divisions among them, verse 18. He also mentions people getting drunk in verse 21. And Paul says in verse 22, do you not have houses in which you eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this, I will not praise you. It is after this, Paul speaks more directly about communion and how it represents the body and blood of Christ. In verse 26, he says, As often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Paul relates the communion to the sacrifice of Christ and then says to examine oneself in verse 28. It seems most profitable that Paul is telling people to examine their motives, make sure there's no dissension, dissension with other believers, to take the supper solemnly, that they were to rightly understand that it represents the sacrifice of Christ. Finally, many Christians do not feel worthy of taking communion because of their sin, but the Christian should realize that communion is for sinners, the Christian for Christians who are sinners. It is not that communion makes sin an okay. The Christian should always war against his sin, but Christians should not withhold themselves from the table if they're trying to repent of their sins and are struggling to gain victory but have not yet attained it. It is the struggle against sin that is an admission that we must depend on Christ and his grace. In our struggle, we, ju we judge sin to be sin and war against it. It is precisely this struggle that is vindication of our position with Christ and a manifestation of our need for communion as an act of dependence upon his work and grace. Is there any more? He has called us worthy. We, 
what are we to call what he calls unworthy? We are, we are either worthy based on our actions or worthy based off his actions. I know which one I take. Well, yeah, I think that's what he's saying. We, we are, I think that's what he's saying. We are worthy in him, but a lot of people take that notion of I sinned or I'm struggling with sin and bar themselves. We are worthy by him. Hold on. What, what just happened? This weird box just came up. All right. It's gone now. Uh, hold on. Take, give me one second. I need to have a drink of water. I talk so much. My mouth's getting dry. All right. Much better. Oh, yes. I just admitted it. You just actually admitted something. What I admit to to being a, to being feminine because. <laughs> Sorry, I had I just had what, to, to what that one to being feminine because you wait would you talk too much, you know, just being like a girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but um, that, that that's that's why I didn't say, say it explicitly until 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 you asked me. What, what right. That, that you just submitted to something. Right. <laughs> um, now, now, Landon, I just want to address that. What I think he's trying to get at, and I can't speak for uh, Mr. Matt Slick, what I will say is I think he was trying to say that most people will bar themselves from communion because their unworthiness apart from Christ, i.e. they focus on their sin and the sin that they're still mm-hmm. struggling with, the sin that we still do every day which let's face it, we're humans, we still sin. And I'm not taking it lightly, but that's just the way it goes. But, you know, grace covers a multitude in every sin. But we, they, we're never going to attain sinless perfection on earth. So therefore, so therefore we need to realize who we are in Christ and we shouldn't, re- and it shouldn't be our struggle with sin that bars us unless it is a willful sin. Like I, will we classify the, hold on. Will we classify the number two, the, uh, the willful unconfessed sin. I think what I would just go from would be if someone is um, cheating on their wife or spouse. Let me say that both ways. Um, what do you guys think would be something to classify under number two? No, um, and Lynn, yeah, grace doesn't. If anything, grace shows you how wretched sin really is. And um, I like to think I didn't say anything to hint that, and if I did, I, I'll take it back right away. But we need to realize that we we do sin still as Christians. I'm not saying we willfully sin, but we struggle. I said this at the beginning we're all men. We struggle in in some way. However, it's we acknowledge the struggle, we confess the struggle, and we're very and like I said, we realize that yes, we're forgiven of it. So that shouldn't bar us from the Lord's table. The unconfessed sin, the like I said, the person who does cheat on their wife, which let's face it, how many pastors have there been that have scandals like that? How many Christians have there been that do that? There's people that, um, there, there's actually someone I knew at a church and I was so good. I was such good friends with. 
And then I found them on social media and I found out they were living a double life. And, um, and the moment they would come into the church building, they would, they would act like they were the perfect saint or whatever. And it broke my heart and tell you the truth. They stopped coming to church. I haven't seen them since about a year before I left New York and I pray for them every day. But I think that would classify the number two on that list. Um, I feel like I'm over-speaking. Dylan, do you have anything you'd want to add to this? You're hitting the nail on the head every single time. So. Yeah. And I'm kind of half paying attention, half, half not, because uh, I'm, I'm still looking at that article, trying to read everything. Yeah. I'm probably not even hearing everything that you're saying anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I also want to say in defense of the article, which, again, it's for everyone to read. It's in the chat box right now. This isn't – Mr. Slick isn't given a once-for-all answer. He's given basically the possible interpretations and as to why people would say what they say on this. There's only one that he openly says he disagrees with. Sin conscious, sin consciousness is a killer. When we go from that to Christ consciousness, we do what John tells us, that whoever is born of God does not sin. Uh, Landon, just out of, now granted, it's hard to sometimes carry a point over when over text, would you say, do you believe that we could have obtained sin, sinless perfection? I eat that. Yes. Let's face it. I, I personally don't think I myself, or at least anyone I've met are 100% focused on God every second of the day. Depends on how forgiven you believe you are and how good of a job Christ did for you. Huh. So then I got to ask you a question then. How would you explain something like Romans 7? Paul who, you know, it ends literally Paul saying, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then the next, and of course we realize the next verse is, therefore there is no condemnation for anyone that's in Christ Jesus. And I always said that if you want to summarize the entirety of Romans 8, it's Romans 8, if, how do I put this? Romans 7 asks the question, if I. And Romans 8 answers it, if Christ. So, um, so I think there is a general awareness of the struggle of the sin that we face. And granted, maybe we're just missing things Things are getting lost in the echo from the chat box. But that's just the point where I'm coming from. And if anyone has something else they want to add, please feel free. Um, what I will say, I don't know, uh, should it be in a question form regarding to um, the second section of um, the article you posted inside there? That another possibility is that taking the supper with willful, unconfessing, 
be in an unworthy manner. And yeah. willful unconfessing. Would there be anybody that thinks I have sinned and I know I have sinned and I'm not ready to um, confess it. I'm not ready. I don't want forgiveness, so I will not confess it. Would there be a situation like that? For someone to know that I've sinned and I'm not ready to confess it for any forgiveness. Huh. So could there so your question is could someone have sinned post being a Christian and then not not be ready to confess it or be afraid to confess it? Is that and is that what you're asking? Yes, please. I think I think it's really important that every Christian for the sake of accountability no matter what it is, no matter how humiliating it may be, to confess your sin. Now, I do kind of agree with Landon when it says, you know, if the more we focus on Christ, the more we realize we're forgiven and the more we and the more we are like him. But then on the Landon, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question in a second with Romans seven. I just wanna pull I just wanna get something up. But yes, I think part, part of sinning, if you fall into sin after being a Christian, it, it is absolutely essential that you must, you should confess it. I'm a firm believer in that. And I don't think, and if you say you're not ready to, here's what I say, no one is ready to do anything. Sometimes you just have to go out and do it because the more you're like, when I'm ready, when I'm ready, it's never going to come. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta do it. Okay, okay. So you are confessing it. How then will um, this be applied to you as um, a child of God does not sin, um, or anyone born of God overcomes sin in another way? Yeah, I read a certain translation which says anyone born of God overcomes sin. Others will say anyone born of God does not make sin that practice. Yeah, so if you're a child of God in you does not sin, why then do you still have to confess your sin? Like I said, I think it comes down to accountability. It comes down to, like you said, when, when sin becomes willful. It's an absolutely fantastic question. So like I said, when it comes, but like I said, we need to be open with each other about our sin. We need to be open to each other with our struggles. And we need to, like you said, when we look at second Corinthians one, for instance, where it mentions how the church is here for us to relate to one another, to be here for one another to, so that we don't have to go through these struggles alone. That's another reason. So when I'm confessing to you that, yes, I have a sin that I struggle with, you can be there alongside me to pray with me, to fast with me, to help me overcome this. And um, I just want to give something right here. I, I was going to quote Romans 7 here, but I'm going to instead quote 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 10. 7 through 10, I should say. 
because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave. He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for the power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will, I, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, with insults, with diseases, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, he is strong. So when we confessed our sins, when we come to long, when we are just honest with each other, it really has stops that self-exaltation from Paul, who was an apostle, who wrote most of the New Testament, and now we as a church body, that we don't exalt ourselves and we don't realize, and we further lean on God in the confession of this, because we have this, and like I said, when you have other people holding you accountable, you realize more and more that you have to lean on God, that it's not all what you do. It's not at all what you do. You're the one that put it there in the first place. And if you had it your way, you'd still keep it there. Whenever. Hold on. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I'm over speaking. It's just important that we realize that we don't lean on ourselves. Yes, I love it so much that we don't rely on ourselves. That's a folly. We lean entirely on Christ. And as a matter of fact, in times of weakness, whether that be sin or just emotional weakness, when we're going through a struggle of some kind, it's so important that we lean on him and we have our standing that we can do nothing apart from him. So that's my stance on that subject. And then we see multiple times in the Old Testament where God, where we see how many times in the Old Testament it say where God loves the humble. Not even the Old Testament, the whole Bible really, really drives the point home of humility. Hold on, Landon wants to call in. Give me one second. All right, Landon, you're on, brother. How you doing, man? Hey guys, hello, hello, hello. So I was gonna try to type this, but it's uh, it'd be kind of hard to type. But confession is so ultra important to understand. It really will free you uh, to understand the truth if you can grasp what it actually means. It's from the Greek word homo logio, homo logio. So homo, same as logio, spoken word. Say the same thing as is what confession means. We've turned confession into this Catholic sort of, you know, oh, let's analyze all of our sins and uh, and think about them and talk about them. And that is false and that's evil because that is to make the cross as if it didn't happen. We've been forgiven of all of our sins and now we confess the same thing. We say the same thing as heaven. And what is heaven saying? Heaven is saying, you have been forgiven you are redeemed. You are set free. Now come into agreement with heaven, what heaven declares of you, and stop looking at your sin that has been utterly, entirely, 
paid for for all time. It's a disgrace to the blood of Jesus Christ. So, so basically, i.e. example of the, the old has passed away, he's a new creation, something like that? All things have been made new. Hmm. And that's how John was able to say those who are born of God don't sin and cannot sin. Because we don't judge unrighteously with, with our, our physical eyes. So you know what, Landon, I just want to get your opinion on this then. What about the Christians that really do struggle with, i.e., the sins of, like I told you, how, how we as, red, as red-blooded men, you know, we see a pretty girl, we look, or even those that would struggle with a sin like pornography? How would mm-hmm. you classify that? Um, it's a struggle. It's a, a it's a symptom, a simply a symptom of a greater problem, just as any other sin would be. So, insert X sin here, and it's a symptom of a greater problem. And what we do is we turn to ourselves and tell us ourselves, like, okay, we need to focus on this. We need to confess this. We need to rebuke this. When the only thing we should be doing is turning to Christ. Face Christ, who washes us over with the truth that we've been redeemed, that we are made new, and that we are not who we used to be. He washes our minds and our hearts over with the truth. That's why Paul says to renew, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are transformed and receive victory out of bad habits, out of you know sin, struggles. But the sin of the New Testament is unbelief. Um, the, the things that Paul liked to list to the, his churches were post, uh, post giving them full of identification first. He calls them by, by the truth of who they are and says, hey, but this crap's going on. Those are just symptoms of a greater issue. And so right. as we turn our faces to Christ, his truth invades our world heaven heaven invades the earth invades our hearts and sets us free and gives us dominion over that which we were always intended to have dominion over hmm all right i think i see what you're getting at and i do agree with you that the cure for these problems pornography looking at like i said sometimes you can't help but look it should be more like, yes, we look, we turn to God, we, we, we bathe ourselves, so to speak, in God. I'm not saying that as a work saying, I'm just trying to say something to get the point across here. That we turn and focus 100% on him. As a matter of fact, um, you, you seem to like Jeff Durbin just as much as I do. He was on a show on the History Channel talking about drug addiction, and he says that it's not so much a chemical problem, it's a worship problem. Right. And that's something that I agree with. Now, um, now this is the thing. I always tell people, and this is something I've noticed too in my walk, Do you, and I want to know if anyone here will agree with me. Do you guys think that sometimes, just, just sometimes, that spiritual issues require practical or physical solutions? I.e., let's, like, let's say, like, like, let's say there's a situation 
that's really wearing you down on a spiritual level, would you think it would, and would you say that it would be healthy to remove oneself from such a situation to physically remove, whether that be a bad living situation, you move out to be, let's say in a, have a friend that's not necessarily good for you. You break off the friendship and you don't speak to them anymore. I would say certainly, um, Jesus says to, you know, cut off your hand if it causes you to, uh, to unbelieve or, or to go back to something that we've been set free from, to go back to bondage. Um, right. And I think the Holy Spirit gives us discernment and always leads us to truth. So uh, we are given discernment for scenarios and situations to respond physically uh, in some cases. All right. Good. Be, good. Be, at least we agree on that. I'm not saying that's for every spiritual problem, but I think that definitely in, like I said, in my walk and then other people I've spoken to, you know, friends, family, church members, we, we all seem to agree that sometimes the most troubling times in our walk with Christ, the, pro, the solution was as simple as, as sometimes just walking away. Yeah, if that's so, what the Holy Spirit's leading to you to do, certainly. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not saying that applies to everything, but it in in the situations I'm talking about that I've experienced, that's what God, the Holy Spirit, was leading me to do was walk away. And uh, it, that was hard, by the way. Like sometimes, like that, those situations, I swear, they just don't want to let go. Sometimes, it's almost like you know how a cockroach has a barbed has barbs on its finger on its legs that's what it felt like but what was that all right but uh landon i just want to say um i when i actually heard you talk about this and it wasn't just reading the comments i actually agreed with a lot i, I was confused Mostly with what you're saying, but now that when you explained it to me, I was able to hear you say it and not just a little here, a little there. I finally got it. So if I came off antagonistic or anything, uh, I'm so sorry about that. No, 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 not at all. All right. Um, um, Another thing is in 2 Peter 1, um, Peter says uh, he he was talking about um, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, blah, blah, blah. And he says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness because he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. And man, so many of us are in that same situation of barrenness and short-sightedness because we don't realize we forgot that we were cleansed from our old sins Yeah, I agree. And then I just want to say um, when times where I fall in into sins during my walk, whatever they may be, I'm not going to say them here just for privacy reasons. I'll confess them privately, but not on such a public forum like this. Um, I actually doubted my salvation a couple times, not to the point of unbelief. Just a couple. There were several for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, several for me too, but 
it's one of those things, like I said, well, not, I didn't really say this, but you, I, after a while and I prayed, and I saw God more and more. I realized that no, my salvation was never in question because of that. If anything, it right. just furthered my point for how much I need him. And I can't do this on my own. No matter what sinful habit you're struggling with, whether it be pornography, self-gratification. Heck, I got to be honest. We're all men here. Walk down the street, you see a pretty girl, you look. Like, I, I don't like that I do this, but I'm guilty of it. Um, that's just a, That should just serve as a reminder of how much you need Christ. You shouldn't self-deprecate. You shouldn't be like, oh, man, I'm such a loser. I'm such a loser. I'm so wretched. Look, Looking at you, Dylan, again. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm talking about you specifically. <laughs> I'm singling you out here. I was just pu- publicly make, make, making myself the... Not, not in the bad, bad way, but also not in the good way. Yeah, I'm, I'm just because, messing because with I'm you probably, too, you know that. I'm probably, I'm probably the most notorious for self-deprecation on that one. Yeah, yeah, but um, you, I hope you know I wasn't trying to like poke at you with that. I'm just in good fun. No, I was, I was poking, at, I was, I was poking at myself with that. <laughs> All right. Do you think but that we, we need... were called to live sinless lives? Like you shouldn't sin ever. No, I think we were called to live faithful lives. So do you judge yourself according to what you do and don't do? If I have to be honest with you, that's something I still struggle with because if you ask, you could ask yep, Dylan and, any, and anyone that knows me, I'm a bit of a busybody. I can't stay still. So sometimes I really do judge myself on what I do and what I don't do. And I know I shouldn't. And it's something I'm struggling with to this day. Yeah. Well, Joe, you, you know you, you know the kind of person I am. I I, I feel like ca- counsel will help out a lot. So whenever that comes, do what I do with you. Just call, just ask if we're busy, and call each other up. That'll get that'll get the mind off of things. Yeah. Or most importantly, yeah. get into the word. Yeah, that's that's what I do. As a matter of fact, Dylan knows this. Um, something I do every day when I wake up is I call it B and B Bible and breakfast. Just a joke I made with a few friends, but it's the first thing I do every morning, and I it's a, and then I read every at various points throughout the day. But it is something I struggle with that I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough, and it's not just with it, with God; it's with everything. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm not even a good enough friend, or I'm not a good enough son. I'm not a good enough to my to my biological parents. Or I'm not a good enough worker. As a matter of fact, a lot of my coworkers tell me sometimes, and this isn't to boast, this just goes to show how much I need prayer. They tell me, like, Joe, we work here too. You can let us do something. Pretty much what I get told every day at work myself. So you're a harsh self-judge. Yeah, yes. very much Hardcore, so. Yeah. yeah. Me and him both are. That's uh yeah that's man that's a hard life bro that's yeah I've gotten better at it but I'm not where I want to be does that make sense you, you never will be yep yeah I'm not so I think that's why 
go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm not where I want to be, but I know where I ought to be. And where ought you be? Hold on, let me rephrase that. I'm not where I ought to be, but I know where I want to be. Where do you want to be? I want to be... I want to be with Christ. I want to be, I want to have my Wait, resurrection. Are you, but... are you, are you, are you not with Christ as we speak then? No, no, I'm with, no, I meant like, I want to be physically with Christ. Meaning you when are. I die, not mean like when I die, I want to, that moment, I want to see him face to face. That's what I'm talking about. Why would you want like, to do that though? When we have him living inside of us right at this moment. That's very true. It says we are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. We have the mind of Christ. He lives within us. We are the temple of his spirit. Um, he has manifested himself in us, the Messiah. And this is huge, and I don't know how we miss this, but, I mean, wherever you are, that's where he goes. And sin does not separate you from him or him from you ever. In fact, Paul said the only separation that ever occurred was we were enemies in our minds only. Mm -hmm. so if you can relieve yourself from being a harsh judge and realizing like I don't have to look for someday what I already have as a current possession in Christ who yeah. is in you remember yeah. the mystery revealed from the ages Christ in you Joseph the hope of glory mm -hmm. Man, and I hope you're listening to this too, Dylan, because you need to hear this too. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure which of, which of us needs to hear it more. <laughs> yeah, but um, I got to tell you, that's something I'm getting better at. And, um, and it's not just with this, it's with other things. Um, I'm going to confess something here, right? Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm 25 years old. And part of my testimony, well, I'm not 25. I'll be 25 next month. And um, I flunked out of college my first time around. Same. And, and, you know, when I'm seeing like a lot of my peers, they're getting married, they're moving out. And I'm going back to college and I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. I'm going to Bible college. And I'm so happy to be doing that. But at the same time, it's like a part of me is like, well, why not? Why not now? Why can't, why aren't I like that? Why did I have to make that stupid mistake that I did when I was 19? Yep. Same. And, uh, and also like, why, why aren't I married yet? Why aren't I whatever? And then I just know like, it's just not, it's just not the right time. You know, like God, there was something, God had something else. And if something was different, I don't think I would know him. And there's nothing on this planet that I would change. That there's no let me phrase that. There's nothing on this planet that I would sacrifice knowing Christ for. Absolutely nothing. Right. Um, and then other things like, will I be a good husband? Will I be a good father? And as a matter of fact, um, the Lord answered that prayer in a really kind of awesome way of whether or not I'll be a good one or not. And it was just so, it was just so like, how could I not realize? It was, you know, those moments where it's like, God just hits you over the head with something and you feel like, and you feel like, an idiot. oh man, how could I not see this before? <laughs> Has it ever happened to you guys? Yep. Oh, whether, yeah. it's a, whether it's a, yeah. uh, 
metal uh, chair, chair or to a ton of bricks hit, hit me at one time. Either, or even if it's just yeah. a, a, a cloud of dust, it's all hit me. Yeah. Sometimes the I feel like it's John the Cena. Part of the weight. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's John Cena. You're like, yo, I can't see it. And then it hits me really hard. But I, I had friends who love wrestling. So I have a wrestling reference. But my dad, just like that. Yeah. Mo- most of my friends from school. But, uh, but it was weird because I visited some family members, and one of and one of my family members is a is a child that I didn't really see much. And then when I went to see them for the weekend, I got to hang out with this child, and this child couldn't and this child wouldn't leave my side. Would not leave my side. Like I had to fight with her to let me go to the bathroom. Even did not want to leave my side. And I, I taught her a few things. I taught her a few songs. I taught her um, how to say, like, please and thank you, things like that. And it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, God answered that prayer. I would, I would be a good dad. I will be a good dad when the time comes. Sure, I do. Well, but back to your original thing, you were saying, so basically you feel like your mistakes made you so you're behind your peers and now you're kind of doing the comparison game? Yeah, I've gotten better at it, yeah. but it still happens from time to time. Sure. Hmm. I also sometimes experience that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I had to give up the whole comparison thing a long, long time ago. Um, there will always be somebody better, uh, read more, did more, experienced more, saw more, more educated, more intellectual, yeah. more whatever, always. Yeah. In my case, I like to go to the gym, could lift more than I can, can run farther than I can, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> anyway. Mine, mine is way more spiritual. Knows more about this book versus that book than I than I do. Knows more about this topic versus that topic than I do. And it seems like no matter no matter how much how much studying I, I do, they always know more. And overall, well, you're a young guy. Overall spiritual spiritual walk. You have a lot of learning ahead of you. I'm already twenty. I'm already twenty two years old. Not necessarily twenty two years young. So I'm already old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just had a pull. <laughs> you have a lot of hurt learning ahead of you guys. Yeah. So just know your time has not yet come. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I feel Joseph on, on the uh, a lot of friends getting engaged and married and graduating college whenever I, I flunked out and. And everything else, mine was way more financial than just me be, being. Just, I lost, my, I lost my scholarship due, due to a failing the class due to due to uh, religious reasons actually. And yet, I was technically against the law, but I didn't do anything about it, and that was a mistake on my end. So I lost my scholarship permanently, and with that loss of the two thousand dollars each semester, I ended up getting one thousand dollars into into debt. I was not able to pay, be, get paid back until this past this past March actually. So mine, mine is way more financial. The mistake was actually in in uh, the class that I selected as a whole because I already knew I wasn't going to do too good in that class. 
Well, I wouldn't feel bad if my kids didn't go to college. My gosh, what colleges are producing uh, yeah. our young people today is disgraceful and yeah, uh, almost the opposite of what the kingdom needs from the next generation. Man, I agree. That's that's why I chose to go to Bible college after that. You know, I went back to secular college and I did well. But um, when I moved to Florida, the first thing I knew was I have to get into a Bible college. I have I cannot be in a public yeah. college from the way the culture is going, from the way just everything is, at least in America. I don't know what it's like where James lives, but in America, it's awful. Yeah, for, well, for me, I'm 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 only at, at one of my top three colleges right now because I because I have two more that I'm planning on going to after this because of the the the, the goal that I want to have in my future. Mm-hmm. What do you plan on being or doing? Right right now, right now, right now, I'm I'm going to school for accounting, and then after this, I'm transferring to literally right across the street to a non an a, a private university to study theology and everything, and after that. If if it's the will of God, then I'm planning on going to seminary, but I'm ultimately planning on being the accountant of my own non nonprofit organization or a church for for that matter. If I don't get to have my non- own nonprofit organization, but if I do get to have my own nonprofit, then uh, it's I mean, it's going to be mostly focused on being a, a uh, anti-abortion advocate, a pro-life advocate, and then a uh, be more or le- more or less a suicide help line advocate. As well, because I have plenty of suicide attempts on my on my in, in my own path. Twenty years of twenty eighteen. Right on. Actually, actually marked the uh, the last time I ever self harmed because literally divine intervention, Christ saved me that day from self harm. Praise God, brother. Oh, praise praise God. God. Well, my feelings on Bible school aren't a lot better, but. A little, maybe. Yeah. But um, the one I'm going to is one of is actually one of the is actually one of the best. It was actually founded by R.C. Sproul, who was one of my heroes of the faith. And um, I toured it. I sat in on a few of the classes. It's sound. It's it's really great. Also emphasizes on teaching apologetics, which it's a huge plus for me. Um, and my goal is seminary afterwards, and I would, with Lord willing, either like to pastor my own church or to be a youth pastor. Right on. Well, that's uh, a calling that I think a lot of people get into that shouldn't. Um, I agree. And we see it happening all the time, and, and that's not in any may way point at you of course but yeah uh they these kid well kids these young adults come out of bible college and man i had a few friends that went to bible college that came out speaking like completely different human beings like i didn't even know them and i have a problem with a school that will teach people how to talk and and walk and be like pastors should be um and they even practice their their tone and tenor and the all the the sounds of the voice and how to really uh, speak to an audience and you know it, it was just weird coming seeing a guy that I've known so well and I didn't see him for ten years and all of a sudden he is just like a night and day difference so he's like he's, he sounds exactly like a megachurch pastor now 
Right. And that's so they just pump out cookie cutter people that, you know, then this is how to get a church. This is how to grow a church. This is how to get yourself in debt. And this is how to get a huge building. And, you know, it's just, it's so opposite of what we see in scripture. Yeah. Apparently it's the same way in Ghana, according to James, even how they carry the Bible when teaching. Oh, I've heard some uh, African preachers that kind of blow my mind a little bit. In a good way or a bad way? Uh, bad. Mind if I ask how? Well, I mean, actually, Podbean, it, it, just go to any of these channels on Podbean. Most of these guys are Africans. Really? Yeah, you haven't seen these? Yeah, uh, I've heard that. Oh, dude, it's so popular on Podbean. I don't know why. It's so, so popular. Like, the top 20, there's like 15 of them are African prophets who speak tongues for three hours straight and say the word fire uh, like 300 times in a row. Fire, 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 fire. Amen, amen, amen. Fire, fire. <laughs> like just hours on end. It's crazy. Oh wow. Dang man. I never I never yeah, noticed that. I mean I noticed here. what? Well, what's crazier? Me. <laughs> that is very true. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess because yeah, I say it doesn't um, mean that you have to agree, Joseph. Thank you for I, actually doing I, something like that, say, I, for a change. I also, I also know you very well, so. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, and James is right. He, right, you should get out when you hear those. And um, to tell you the truth, I never really, I don't listen to many podcasts from here. I mean, there are certain people that I listen to on here, like uh, John Piper, uh, Jeff Durbin, people like them, but. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that a lot of my followers on Podbean that aren't people that I know, that I share with and they subscribe, and I praise God for this, are from other countries. And it, it's, it shocks me in a good way. But in terms of what they put out, I, uh, I, I honestly don't know. I actually haven't listened to a lot of them like that. And... Uh, James, I thank God I met a great message here that kept me always marking the time of meeting here. Yeah, we are thankful to have you here, man. It really is a blessing to have you on, especially from the other side of the world, literally. And it just shows what God is doing and what God has done. It's truly amazing. On a lighter note, my headphones are like crushing the cartilage in my ear. Is that a problem for any of you guys? <laughs> Every single day that, that we have podcasts or Bible study or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just I praise God for what he's doing with this podcast. And the if I have to be honest, when I started it, I wasn't anticipating to have 
half the audience that it does. I mean, of course, you pray that it reaches people and you pray that people listen, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting, I was not expecting to have someone like James on here uh, from another country. I wasn't expecting to have. Honestly. uh, Sorry, (laughs) Jules. No, oh, I just I was gonna say this. I wasn't expecting to have Vinny on here when he's here, who's a Hindu from India, and it's truly remarkable. You were saying, Dylan? Honestly, I'm kind of surprised to see how fa- how fast this podcast has even been doing this for. I don't think it's been quite two months yet. I want to I want to say we started that a few days shy. Today. A few days shy, actually. Okay. So, so we're getting close, but either, either way, already having the, the amount of subscribers and listeners that we do, I didn't expect expect to have that within the first year, honestly. <laughs> because yeah, we're just same. two, two, two just... guys in our, in our early early 20s, if not midway through, yeah. through it almost, and uh, just just pretty much just two bros hanging out, more or less, until it started getting to where it is now, and then it's no longer just two bros Ex- hanging out. Yeah, now it's international bros hanging out it's great on uh james said because i am a sunday school teacher and a youth secretary i don't want to corrupt the foundation of the kids exactly what landon said in the chat box just show them jesus kids pick up on stuff they pick up on things that adults necessarily won't and we shouldn't undersell them so it's if there's anyone if there's any audience you really have to uh speak to really speak it to the kids and don't let your words be empty words actually walk it out indeed too they'll they'll notice and remind them how loved they are deeply loved eternally loved amen and I, I just have to say act like act like you are eternally loved show Show them that, yes, you are forgiven, that your guilt, it could be gone. Your guilt is gone. Show them that. I agree. All right. So um, is there any other questions? for? T- oh, oh, man, James left. Um, on that note, you guys want to end it tonight? Or is there more stuff you guys want to talk about? No, you 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 actually hit the nimble, hammer on the nail on the head with with that with that hammer earlier. So I'm I, I don't have anything else to contribute. You already took it all. Sorry about that, dude. <laughs> uh, Landon, is there anything else you want to talk about tonight? Oh, wait. Oh, James is back. Oh. Um. So. I'm getting ready to go have communion with my wife. Oh, wow. You can't. Oh, and it's funny. That's what we're talking about today. But uh, yeah, that that's an <laughs> extremely important obligation, man. You go go do that. And uh, and um, thanks for coming on, brother. It's always a blessing to have you on. And um, I think we're going to close it out tonight. Um, I just want to ask, James, do you have any more questions? And did we answer your questions effectively? Um, my last question that I'll ask will be like, then how or what is the right and acceptable way in God when it comes to um, confession? What is the right way for us to do this kind of confession we are talking about? 
I tell you, say and this. Also, is there, yeah. yeah, and is there any difference in confessing uh, to one another and confessing to God? Yeah, through Christ, that one. When Well, first off, yes, there is. When you confess to God, it, it's different than confessing it to man. When you confess it to God, it's it's a it's a different experience, a different thought process. When you confess it to man, when you confess to God, it's you're saying, "Help me, help me with this. Help me with this struggle. Guide me through it. Show me through it." When you're confessing to man, it's an act of humility. It's an act of showing that yes, I, I I'm struggling, and you're struggling to please come alongside me. That's what I would say. Okay. So, um, sorry. So when um both of us um uh, we like you are you are struggling and I'm struggling, let's come together and let's confess our sins and pray. At the end of it. Uh, we all make supplications to God, or I will pray on His behalf, and He will pray on my behalf. Is that what we 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 are going to do? How is it like? I don't know. Can you give us now sure. something to um, demonstrate how? Uh, sure, I'll give you an example. If Landon were to come to me and saying that he struggled with something. And I agreed with him, and I struggled with that too. I would pray for him, and he would pray for me. We would talk about what we would see if this, we realize this is a spiritual issue. We would point each other back to the cross, and if the struggle required a physical solution, like I told you, maybe it's selling something in your household. Maybe it's getting rid of a couch. Maybe it's walking away from a friendship. We would talk to each other and we would pray for each other that whatever we, whatever, if there is a solution to it like that, it would be found and we would do it and that God would lead us through it. So that's what would happen. Okay. Okay, so um, what would be the best practice that we're supposed to uh, put ourselves in, uh, with when it comes to going to God, uh, going to God through Christ, confession, and going to a brother, confession? Are they all acceptable that we can practice? Well, you don't oh, you don't have to always go to your brother to draw near to God, though I would recommend it. I would always, you could still pray on your own and draw near to God. God has spoken through his word. And so I always say, if you want to learn more about God and your relationship to him, you read, you read the Bible. And that's the first thing I would say, first and foremost, is no matter what, to read the Bible. But then you, when you pray, prayer above all things is an image of trust. It's not what most people would say where you're asking God for what you want and how if he doesn't and how dare he not give it to you, which you can ask him. He wants you to ask him. But above all, when you pray, you have to realize that sometimes the answer is going to be a big fat no. 
And no, that's why when Jesus said in Gethsemane, which is, this is a really extreme circumstance, but I use this example a lot. When he asked the father, if there's any, if the cup could pass from him and he didn't have to endure the cross, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So we, that's why we pray every time like that. We always have to realize that when we pray, first and foremost, we need to pray that God's will be done. But we do make our supplications known to God. And no matter what happens as a result of this, we realize that God is holy. God is sovereign. We are not. And we trust him through it. Okay. Thank you very much. I asked this question purposely with regards to what is going on in, um, especially in Ghana here and other countries, whereby people are building their trust in men, um, that is in the pastors and um, a bit in authorities. They put their any little problem, they run to them, pray for me, uh, give me oil, give me this, give me that. Whilst when you get time and call on God, he's in you, he's right with you, he's going to yes. hear you and answer you. But we neglect that one and always go in for the help of men that they are super powerful. So they should come in the aid. Um, and they point us to the old living, whereby um, the priest will hold uh, our sacrifices um, before God and offer a sacrifice on our behalf. And that is in the Old Testament. But here we're living in the New Testament, whereby you can go boldly be, uh, before the throne of grace and obtain... Yes. Yes. Um, um, mercy and favor in times of need. So we neglect that one sometimes and go in for the hard way. So um, thank you very much for enlightening my understanding also on this and clearing. God bless you. God bless you too, brother. It's always great to have you on here. It really is. Um, on this note, guys, do you want to end it for tonight? Yo, I'm cool. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So, um, James, actually, would you like to close us out in prayer? Okay, sure. All right. All right. Please, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word tonight. We bless your holy name for indeed you made it possible for us to have this um, great um, discussion and we pray that you will cause your spirit to speak to us and speak to our understanding. We pray that our brethren were unable to join tonight. You send forth your word to them wherever they are. And we pray that you draw them to you. The way says, if we lift your name on high, you shall draw many souls to yourself. It is, O oh Lord, your word that you use to establish everything. So we pray through your word, you establish people and you call many unto yourself. Yes. We in the nation to your hands. We are battling with this pandemic and we know that the scientists, everyone, the doctors, they have been trying with all they could do, all they have in hand. 
and still things are getting out of hand, but we believe that with you when you come into this situation, oh God, everything will be stabilized and we'll go back to live our life. Even in this pandemic, we will not cease to worship you. We will not cease to lift your name on high. We will not cease to proclaim your word. We thank you for tonight. We pray that you help and you heal each and every soul which is weary. We pray that you made our supplications and our prayer be made known before you and being answered. We pray that let your will be done for there are many decisions that we will take, but it takes your counsel alone that will stand and therefore help us to make the right decision. At the end, it will meet your 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 counsel we thank you tonight we bless your holy name in jesus mighty name amen 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 thank you brother god bless you man i just want i just want to say uh thank you to you guys for coming on and making this show great and um i just want to announce to you that on Thursday's show, me and dylan will be discussing the first three chapters of the book of ephesians and next, and then the Thursday after, we will do the final three, finishing out the book. Okay, that's going to be wonderful. And I, I pray that I would not miss that. So, yeah. Yeah, we. The time, the time so that I can calculate it. Yeah, we. We pray that you can be here. It's just going to be me and Dylan reading the book, going to the history of it as best we can and understanding what we can take from it. Um, God bless you too, Landing. He had to leave. He's going to have communion with his wife. Um, God bless you, and we pray for your family. Um, James, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Dylan, always a pleasure, man. Thank you guys for making this show possible, making this show great. It really warms my heart. Um, If I could now... Today's closing scripture verse is in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. This has been the Sunday Talk. I am Joseph Dronick. Thank you for joining us, and um, we pray you have a great day, and we'll see you on Thursday, guys. Take care now. All right. Bye.